Hello, you are listening to Radio Maria, and this is Father Toby with the Friar side on the uh, Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Um, uh, really uh, wonderful uh, feast, um, and uh, commemorating a, an amazing uh, event in the in the life of the the Church when Our Lady appeared to uh, San Juan Diego, um, and it really did uh, transform the Church in the Americas led to massive conversions of of Native uh, Americans um, and important to sort of dispel that myth as if somehow um, most of the conversions um, in the Americas and particularly uh, Central America were um, were forced um, upon the Americans rather actually was a, a result um, of this uh, appearance of Our Lady um, in, a, in, in, in a form uh, that the local culture could could relate to um, that uh, led to widespread conversions into such a, a flourishing church, um, especially in Mexico uh, today. And I had had the great privilege a few years ago. I did the um, the wedding of a, a, a very dear friend um, in, uh, in in Me- in Mexico. And uh, in a in a in a magnificent town um, called San Miguel de de Allende, uh, where she and her husband um, lived immediately after their their marriage, now in Mexico City. Uh, but they very kindly, uh, as well as paying for me to come out and do their do their wedding in this magnificent church in this stunning town, they then um, paid for me to uh, go on a on a little holiday in Mexico for a couple of coach trips uh, the first stop was uh, an amazing town called Puebla um where they say there's a, a church for for every every day of the week um and uh, not sure, I mean not every day of the week every day of the year um and there there certainly were a lot um and given when I'm on holiday I love visiting churches that means I enjoyed it very much there and they also have the uh, the largest um largest pyramid in Mexico is just outside of uh, Puebla and now a, a Marian shrine and it was uh, lovely to climb up there and to pray there and then after that I headed up to Mexico City which I was very excited about going to because it meant that I was going to visit the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe but um, I wasn't that excited about going to Mexico City itself but um, I just thought it was going to be a sort of a big and sort of gritty uh, city, but actually I loved it. I thought it was a, a fantastic place. Um, great to to walk around. Felt very safe there. Uh, fabulous food. Um, and then when I when I visited um, the the shrine of, of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and there's so much devotion and so much love for Our Lady there, and so so much joy of pilgrims who've walked from all over all over Mexico. Um, and, and wherever you are, I found in Mexico, you would always see uh, sort of like pilgrimage convoys of people either traveling by car or, or walking, carrying statues of, of Our Lady. And you'd see the sort of the joy as they reached their destination. And, and then also, as you do at uh, pilgrimage sites, you see sort of people bringing their great pains, um, asking Our Lady to, to intercede for us. And a mass there was pretty much just as soon as as soon as one mass stopped, the next one began, and there was beautiful uh, local music. Um, just absolutely fabulous and a very easy place to just spend sort of hours in praying, 
attending mass, going to confession, praying the rosary, and just soaking up the the wonderful wonderful um, atmosphere. Um, so, as as so often um, these places, which sort of there's a sort of a notional devotion to, um, but after you've visited there, um, it becomes much much uh, deeper. So if you if you do ever get the the chance to to get to Guadalupe, I, I really, really um, recommend it. I know it's not a not a cheap place to go to, but well worth saving up um, to to go to if you if you can. Um, we're going to uh, continue um, today our uh, our reading of the um, Frank Sheets, a, a map for for life, um, and we were discussing yesterday the the persons. Um, within the in the within the Trinity, and the way that we differentiate between the uh, the the the, pers- the persons, and um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll recap and pick up on that. But first, let's uh, begin begin with a a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of power and mercy, you blessed the Americas at Tepeyac with the presence of the Virgin Mary of Guadalupe. May her prayers help all men and women to accept each other as brothers and sisters. Through your justice present in our hearts, through your justice present in our hearts, may your peace reign in our world. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Okay, so yesterday um, we were reading uh, Sheed's map, uh, map of life on the, on the Trinity, and the most important point to, to remember is that we said that when we speak of the Trinity, we mean one divine nature and three persons and all persons all the persons of the trinity fully possess the divine nature they don't they don't have uh, a a bit a bit of it each but there is only one divine nature and that's why we can speak of one god but because there are three persons because this this nature is instantiated in the three um fully there there are three persons who are properly referred to as God: God the Father, God the Son, and God the the Holy the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and we spoke a little bit about well, what's the difference between a nature and a, and a person? And here we can look most easily to our own lives, and we can see when when something happens, um, we say, who 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 did it? Um, and we say the who. We're asking um, which which person did it, but what enables the person to do it is the is the nature that they that they have. Um, for example, if we said so and so was flying, if we said you know something just flew past my window, then we wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be saying who was it because um, we would say what sort of bird was it because we know that human beings uh, can't fly. Um, although on a little aside, I was talking with uh, somebody about effects after coming off uh, off general anaesthetic um, the other evening, and they were 
they're talking about uh, their uh, their their son not um, telling telling the doctors essentially that that they were that they were rubbish and they were the worst doctors ever. Um, but when I uh, came off general anaesthetic after having my um, it was having my wisdom teeth uh, removed uh, many many years ago. Now uh, I remember, and my mother remembers uh, as I was being sort of wheeled back to the sort of recovery um, rooms. I was telling the doctors, "It's really not necessarily to necessary to to push me." I'm quite capable of flying by myself. Um, so I came out on quite a high. Um, sadly, it came down and the pain kicked in a little bit later. Um, but for a little while, I did think I could fly. Um, but flying is not the sort of thing that persons do. And when we talk about persons, um, we're speaking about human beings. And human beings, by their human nature, which we all have, are only capable of certain sorts of actions. Now, some people might be impeded um, from fulfilling what what human nature um, is normally capable of doing, that doesn't make them not a human being, but rather we can point to some impediment which prevents what we call the the actualization of their nature. We would say that the the potentiality is there, the potential is there, um, because they are human, but there is some impediment towards the the actualization of that potential. Um, and that can be, say, for example, you know, all all human beings, you know, have the. Um, I would say it belongs to human nature to have the the potential to to speak. Um, but if somebody has had their tongue cut out, then that then that that is an impediment to that to them actualizing um, what they possess by their nature, which is the ability to speak. It doesn't make them not human, um, but it also. Um, doesn't mean that we say, oh, well, some human beings can speak. Uh, rather, we say it belongs to human nature to be able to speak, and then some people, through certain reasons, can't do this thing or the other. So we speak of a nature, um, and when, uh, and then we can speak of persons being people um, who who actually instantiate that 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 nature, um, because there is no human na nature outside of the human beings who have that nature um so hopefully that's clear um but uh but if if you, if you do if, if 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 some of this this isn't clear then then don't hesitate um to uh contact us you can always uh email on info at radio maria england dot uk that's info at radio maria england dot uk um, and uh, if there's something that I've said that you've not understood, then that would be good for me to know, because if you don't understand it, then I'm sure there are other people listening who don't understand it. So um, be kind enough and brave enough to, to ask the question so that I can try and um, explain what I've not explained well a, a little better. But nonetheless, don't be uh, don't be don't expect to sort of understand everything perfectly, because here and when we're looking at the Trinity, we're discussing an, an infinite God, um, and we're trying to come to some grasp of that infinite God in our finite um, minds, and that leads us into the into the the, the first um, relation that she outlines in in the Trinity, where he speaks about the God the Father and God the Son, and the image of uh, of the of of the Son 
well that's helpful because we know that a son um shares in the in the nature of the, of the father um but as we also said there's a certain um limitation um or, or there's a certain sort of red flag we ought to be aware of which is that when we think of a, a son we always think of you know the father existing first and then the son coming into being but because god exists outside of time uh, that same uh lim limitation um doesn't doesn't apply so it's important that we always remember that the second person of the trinity god the son is co-equal and co-eternal um, and that point is made in the creed that we recite um, each uh, each Sunday. Um, when we say, begotten, not made, born of the Father before all ages. Um, and then we use this sort of other uh, bit of language that the scriptures give us to uh, sort of penetrate into the into the mystery of the Trinity when we speak about the the word. Um, and as we know, like words express uh, thoughts, um, and uh, and a thought um, and the words that we can use can either sort of more fully or less fully sort of capture the reality of the thing that we're thinking about. Um, and for for me, if I think about very simple things, um, then I tend to have a pretty good understanding of them. So, for example, sitting here in the studio at the moment. Um, if I look at if I look at a key um, from the many many keys that I, that I have, uh, I can pretty easily uh, tell you most of what there is to know about a key, or at least most of what there is to usefully know about a key. Um, now, if you ask me to uh, try and explain to you the interior functioning of uh, the studio equipment that sits in in front of me, um, then uh, we're going to see the the imperfection um, and the and the limitation of my thoughts. I can tell you to some degree how to how to work some of some of it. I can tell you what it does, but how and why it actually does what it does. Um, then I uh, draw a blank and have to uh, yeah ask one of our more sort of techie volunteers or members of staff. But the the word of the the father, um, the word of the father that is is self-understanding that is his knowledge of himself um, is completely perfect because there are no limitations on the father's knowledge um, and the the knowledge of the father of himself is so perfect that it, that knowledge has its own existence um, that it, it can be properly said to to exist and that is the second person of the trinity the logos the divine word the divine word who took on human flesh joined his divine nature to our human nature in one divine person who we know as Jesus Christ our Lord our God and our Savior um, let's now listen to a little bit of music and then um, after that recap of what we got to on the father and the son we shall uh, we'll just repeat what we read yesterday about the Holy Spirit and finish off that section um, having tried to explain things Let's uh, leave room for a little bit of mystery and listen to God Moves in a Mysterious Way by George Beverly Shea. Mm -hmm. 
mysterious way his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the Listening to Radio Maria, and this is Father Toby with the Friar side on this feast of uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and I wish a particular um, happy feast to any of our listeners uh, from the Americas or with a a bit of uh, America's uh, heritage in them. And uh, and make the point Elizabeth um, mentioned about the. Um, shrine in bedford and an official sort of blessed copy of the the print we're also very fortunate to have one here at the uh the church of our lady of the rosary and saint dominic's the the rosary shrine in london um if you come into the church it's in the uh the very far chapel on the right hand side which is the fourth the chapel of the fourth um glorious mystery the assumption um of our lady into into heaven and uh opposite the the altar in that chapel there is a that a copy of that beautiful beautiful um image um and uh yeah i'm i'm remembering now when i was in in guadalupe there's a there's very cleverly they have a they have a conveyor belt in front of the the image which sort of ensures that everybody gets to spend a bit of time sort of prayerfully um in front of the in front of the image and not just that huge crowds um develop and obviously people in their in their piety 
want to uh, want to spend a long time in prayer in front of the image, but with the numbers of people who visit the shrine, um, that would be completely impractical. So they they just have a little conveyor belt which you step on, and it goes at a, a dignified um, pace, and it takes you uh, sort of past the past past the image. Um, at a prayerful speed, I'm not sure anybody's ever described the conveyor belt as having a prayerful speed before, but they, or at least certainly I haven't, but I'm, I'm doing it now. But uh, the day that I went, um, we were we were sort of out out of season. It was in in February, so the shrine was still busy. But uh, I remember just going round and round on the on the conveyor belt, uh, many 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 times. Um, uh, that kind of is a is a certain segue, um, sort of processing on the on the conveyor belt, um, into speaking about the Holy Spirit, who we say proceeds from the Father and the and the Son. And Saint Thomas, when he's discussing the uh, the the persons of the the Trinity, speaks about um, the divine processions. Um, so let's resume where we were yesterday, um, or the final paragraph that we read yesterday. Um, so she says that, uh, just sort of as described, we have the, the first person and the second person of the Trinity, whereby the, the Son proceeds um, from the Father by way of generation. But then he also says that between the Father and the Son, or as we might think of it as the thinker and the thought, there is love. Um, because because these are these are conscious uh, persons, and because um, you know we know that we're made in the in the image and likeness of God, and we know that it that it properly belongs to us to to love that which is love that which is good. Um, that uh, that the Father and the Son, when they sort of behold and and think of the other, there is love. Um, and she says though here. Here we have to proceed with some care because in our human experience the um the term of an act of thinking is a is a thought when he means the sort of the term um he sort of means what the sort of what the act ends ends in so the term of an act of thinking is a is a thought when we think we have a thought that makes sense um but that thought that uh, is is something that remains within the being of the of the thinker the thought doesn't exist outside of us um and it is this thought and not the act of thinking which we conceive of as the second person um, but can we say that love likewise produces a, a term within the in in the in the lover um, and saint thomas aquinas says that we can he says that though love tends towards a being outside itself, yet the act of loving arouses a state of warmth in the soul by which the being that is loved is present to the affections. And so we can think even when we, when we love someone, um, they're, they're present to us in a certain way, even when they're not with us. Um, and though the, the act of loving is directed to somebody outside of us unless it produces a, an effect within us um so he says and Aquinas says again though love tends towards a being outside itself yet the act of loving arouses a state of warmth in the soul by which the being that is loved is present to the affections 
This state is not the act of loving, but is produced in the soul by the act of loving. Um, and this is what we have called a term of the act. Um, so just as the, the thought um, is not the act of thinking, but rather that which is, which is, produ which is produced by the, by the act of, of thinking, um, in the same way the, the, sort of the, the, the effect um, of the act of loving is not the, not the act of loving itself, but, but nonetheless has its own reality. And so it is in the love with which God loves himself, that is, with which the Father loves the Son, and the Son the Father. The term of the act of that love, like the earlier term of the act of thinking, is subsistent, that is, it has its own, own reality, its own being. It is a person, the third person of the Blessed Trinity, the Holy Ghost. And so just to try and, this is complicated stuff, um, but just to try and simplify that a little bit, you can think of a, of a love <clears throat> between the Father and the Son, so perfect, that that love is, is so perfect and, and so strong that it has, that it has its own reality. Um, uh, and that there is actually something sort of more that that, that unites um, the the lover and the and the loved than just feeling um, that 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 love is a reality, and the reality is the is the holy is the Holy Spirit. And as I said yesterday, we can think of. Uh, an analogy in the in the human life where the the love of a of a of a man and a and a woman um has a fruitfulness um in a in a in a child um as as we as we know we got to be sort of delicate and careful because you know, I have so many friends um who who haven't been able to to have children of of their of their own um, that the the absence of children doesn't in any way mean that the love between a, a couple is is not is not real. Um, in the same way as I as I pointed, um, speaking about sort of human nature earlier and and certain sometimes impediments or things which frustrate um, the the actualization of all the all the possibilities of our human nature. We can say that. Ordinarily, a, a husband and, and wife are, are able to have children, and if they can't have children, then we we look for some re reason. We don't say, "Oh, well, perhaps they're just not human." Um, we look for some reason why they're why they're not able to to have to have children, and that's why sort of fertility treatment. Well, that is that is healthcare. It's a it's a looking to address a, a problem, but when people when people speak about um, sort of uh, abortion um, as 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 healthcare, um, well, that's a, a deep perversion um, because uh, the the bringing into into being of a of a child by the the act of love between a, a man and a woman um, is what is what is supposed to to result, and so to call the the termination of that life healthcare as if. As if somehow this were a problem that needed to be treated, as as opposed to the the proper end of the act of love between a man and a and a, and a woman, um, shows how sort of how how evil tries always tries to distort distort reality.
um and uh, and very dangerous things happen when we when we start to use words sort of uh, euphemistically it's what the what the nazis did to to dehumanize the the jews and in and in so many other other ways um you know we start to we start to sort of call call evil things by other names to make them more more acceptable um to us it's it's why we speak why the you know those who are in favor of abortion speak of being pro-choice because choice is recognized as being um a good thing normally um but there we go so the 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 analogy of a of a husband and a wife having having a child well you know, it, it it hints at what, what the what the holy spirit um is and so she continues on this matter of the procession of the holy spirit as breathed forth by god in an act of love we cannot claim revelation it is St. Augustine's significant contribution to the theology of that which we do know by revelation. So it's, it's, it's Augustine who introduces this idea of the Holy Spirit as being the bond of love, um, an existent bond of love between the, the Father and the Son. We don't get that in the Spirit. We do get the idea of um, the, the Holy Spirit being um, breathed forth you know, of Jesus sending, um, sending us the paraclete, sending us a an advocate um but not this uh not this idea so what what i've been discussing about the holy spirit as the bond of love between the father and the son well this is the sort of the work of theology the the work of theology reflecting upon what god has revealed to us and using the the human mind to to try and come to a fuller understanding of it and it's perhaps saint augustine's most significant contribution to to theology um that we can say that uh, the Holy the Holy Spirit is the bond of love between the Father and the Son, but through uh, through revelation we can say that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, co-eternal and co-equal with the Father and the Son. And we see the Spirit hovering over the waters at the beginning of the Bible. And as Sheed says, he's he's already said that God acts upon creatures in His unity rather than in His Trinity. And yet, so we're saying that sort of all all acts of the persons of the Trinity properly belong to to the to the divine nature, and yet we do sort of differentiate a little bit, sort of saying the Father did this, the the Son did this, the Holy Spirit did this, um, and we do have a certain warrant for doing this. Um, we tend to say that the Father creates, the Son redeems and the Holy Spirit sanctifies. And she says this principle of this appropriation, this, this saying that sort of certain acts belong to certain of the persons of the Trinity um, is quite clear. The external operations of God can be particularly attributed to one divine person rather than another if they are especially bound up with the relation of that person within the Godhead. That is, the person's may be spoken of as having relations similar to man of having relations to mankind similar to their relations within the godhead thus because the son is brought forth by an act of the divine intellect the works of wisdom are especially attributed to him because the holy spirit proceeds from the divine will the works of holiness are especially attributed to him 
since holiness is of the will as wisdom is of the intellect. And so also are God's gifts to mankind, since the Holy Ghost is love and gifts are the expression of love. The operation of the Holy Spirit within the mystical body of Christ the Church we're going to consider a little bit later. But in so setting down some of the elements of what God has revealed to us of his innermost life, it's clear that the mystery remains. But it is mystery in that sense which we've spoken of earlier, where we can know something, just not everything. Um, and Jesus, the reconciliation, quite how all these concepts we've spoken of fit together remains invisible to us. But it is rather the invisibility, he says, and I like this, that comes from too much light rather than from sheer darkness. And thus this invisibility is an invitation to the mind to try and go further into the light. And he says, already the mind is freed by it from the awful weight of God conceived as solitary in infinity with no adequate object of his infinite love. I think what he, he means there that when we, it's, it's this revelation of the trinity of persons, um, that is the, the Godhead, which tells us something that God, that our relationship with God can be personal, um, because persons exist in, in, in relation. Um, and if God who existed be before time, um, you know, before the creation of the world, well, what was God in relation with? Well, the, the, the persons of the Trinity were in relation to one another. It's not that God became relational um, when he created the world. Rather, when he created the world, he invited um, creation and, and us especially uh, into the, the, the divine relations. And so she says, new richness comes into our contemplation of human nature as we seek to understand the Trinity more. Thus human fatherhood is an immeasurably greater thing as a shadow of the divine fatherhood than it could ever be in its own right. The human soul is only the more like to God for its faculties of intellect and will, since in God thought and love not only exist, um, but subsist as persons. And the unity of the church takes on a new immensity when Christ proposes as its model the unity of the triune God. Um, so I hope that has shed some light and, and drawn you a little uh, further into the, the beautiful mystery of the Trinity. Um, let's now uh, give glory to those persons of the Trinity. Um, as we pray, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And on this feast day of Our Lady Guadalupe, let's listen now to Hail Holy Queen enthroned above. <laughs> 